You are welcome to Faith to Faith Broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor Tibby Peters, the President of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. Years ago, I was going for a meeting and um, I began to pray before the meeting. It's not really uh, a kind of what you call a Holy Ghost meeting, but I just knew I had to be in the meeting. I'm not, I'm not the speaker. I went to receive. So, I was getting into the conference. It was not a conference, actually. I was getting into the meeting. And um, before I walked into the hall, they had a book stand. And I was going for the meeting with questions in my heart that only God can answer. So, as my manner is, I decided to just look through the books they were selling at the bookstand before going into the meeting. Just by the door of the auditorium. As I um, looking through the books, I just spotted one and I picked it. I started flipping through the pages and as the scripture would say about Jesus and found where it was written. Amen. <laughs> I just came upon a portion. I don't think I read more than two pages standing there. Maybe a page. As I was reading, it was the exact answer. Hallelujah. To the questions in my heart. And that's why I even came out in the first place. After I finished reading it, I didn't enter the auditorium. Because I had received. Amen. I left that place and went back. As a younger person then. And I went and just started praying out the answer that I had received. And I am still benefiting from that till today. Amen. Now, I have learned over the years not to wait for the last moment to receive, but to receive the moment I come into the place. Hallelujah. So, it will be the same experience for most of you here. On the first day, you will receive. I've had those kind of experiences. We went for a meeting. I went with a group of people for a meeting outside of, of town. And then, it uh, was a number of days, I think four or three days. The first session, I told them, I said, everything I came for, I have already received. Because I had questions, I had things written down. Number one, number two, number three, like that. First session, and every answer had already come. After the first session, every other thing was extra, bonus, extra, bonus. And that will be your testimony in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, I want to open this meeting teaching on understanding what the will of the Lord is. Hallelujah. It has been on my heart for some time to share along these lines. Look at Ephesians chapter 5, and we're looking at verse 15 through to 17. 
Ephesians chapter 5 15 to 17 Are you there? It says See then that ye walk Circumspectly Not as fools but as wise Redeeming the time Because the days are evil Wherefore be ye not unwise But understanding What the will of the Lord is I'd like us to read verse 17 together I want to go Wherefore be ye not unwise But understanding What the will of the Lord is Point number one Walking in the will of God Is walking in wisdom Hallelujah Now the scripture says that It will be unwise for you not to understand What the will of the Lord is That means that any time a believer Understands what the will of the Lord is He is operating in wisdom Hallelujah But I want you to understand the context Because this statement was not made to unbelievers This statement was made to tongue-talking Born again Children of God And if you are here and you are tongue-talking Born again The scripture is saying to you Wherefore, be ye not unwise. That means it is possible for you to be unwise. Hallelujah. He said, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. First of all, when he said, be ye not unwise, he's not just talking about, um, you know, when we say, oh, that guy is unwise. What you mean is that he's not, um, he's not functioning, um, um, he's functioning like he's foolish. But this, the, the, the unwise used here was in a different context. Hallelujah. Which is a bit funny because of the word that was used, the Greek word that was used. He was actually saying, hey, don't be crazy. Amen. The Greek word there is aphron. It means someone that has lost his mind or is mad. Are you understanding me? The language was picked. From the experience people have when they go for those orgies, those parties where they are dancing and doing their head like that and doing like that. He said, Don't be like that. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. He said, Wherefore, be not crazy. That means it is madness. Hallelujah. For someone to be born of God and not walk in the will of God. Hallelujah. He said, Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Now, before we look at this closely, I'd like you to understand the context. Because when it comes to biblical interpretation, context is everything. He was talking about something from verse 15. He said, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. He didn't say, God will make you. He said, You see to it. Amen. He said, see to it, ensure that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. That means he's saying that it's within your responsibility to walk circumspectly. It is something you can do, and it is something you should do. Glory to God. Tell your neighbor, it's something you can do, and it's something you should do. Praise God. Now, 
Then he moves further to say, redeeming the time. For the days are evil. What does that have to do with anything? Because where he's going to is that understanding what the will of the Lord is. That means he's saying that if you don't understand what the will of the Lord is, you will not redeem the time. Redeeming the time, the language used was buyback. Buyback. Time there was not just chronos time. He was talking about kairos. Making the most of divine opportunities that will come your way. That means that when you walk in the will of God, you will make the most of spiritual opportunities. Hallelujah. Are we together? You will make the most of them. You will take advantage of all of them. Why? Because you are walking in the will of God. You know, most of the time, we use the language, the will of God. The will of God. We say things about the will of God. But a lot of believers might not have been scripturally taught. You know, you could have a perspective that God didn't give to you. It means you could see something in a way that God didn't show it to you. If you see through the scriptures, God will ask certain people, What seest thou? Because he wanted to be sure they were seeing what he was seeing. So, a human being can have a perspective that God didn't give to him. Today, I want to give you the perspective of God's word concerning his will. Amen. And sometimes people just adopt certain things or um, ideas that are not scriptural. They say, well, if I want it, it means God wants it. No, sir. Amen. There is the will of man and there is the will of God. Hallelujah. Never mistaken that. Never be confused about that. If you read scripture several, it says, not by born, not of the will of man, not of the will of the flesh, but of God. Hallelujah. That means there's something about the will of man. And the will of man is not always the will of God. Did you hear me? The will of man is not always the will of God. There's a difference between your will and God's will. Jesus was speaking, I believe Matthew 26, 39. Jesus was speaking, you know, when he was praying in the garden of Gethsemane. And he, he made a statement, which is amazing. You know, Matthew 26. Let's look at verse 39. Praise the Lord. And he went a little further, Jesus was praying, and fell on his face and prayed. What was his prayer? Saying. Saying what? Oh, my father, if it be possible, what happened? Let this cup pass from me. Who is talking? Now read the last line. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou will. Meaning there are two wills here. Is that not so? Oh, I will, you will. <laughs> that means if you had asked Jesus, maybe he didn't want that. Hallelujah. But he was aligning his will with the Father's will. And I pray that every believer will understand that. Amen. And learn how to align his will with the Father's will. Amen. The argument about free will and the sovereignty of God has always been, even in the time of Jesus Christ, some time ago I was teaching and I talked about human responsibility versus divine sovereignty. Hallelujah. God's sovereignty versus human responsibility. 
And there has to be a balance of both. You have to understand how both of them work and where they intersect. You have to understand that. Now, right from the time, most um, church settings or groups have different beliefs on that. And it has always been that way. For example, in the Bible, when Jesus lived, he had a, a sect called the Pharisees. And then they had what? The Sadducees. You remember that? All right. Those are the two prominent ones in the Bible. But there were actually three because there were others called the essence. Now, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, what separated them, all of them believed in God. But what separated them is the doctrine they believed about free will and God's sovereignty. The Pharisees believe, okay, let's put it this way. The Sadducees, let's start with Sadducees. The Sadducees believe that anything that happens to you is you that caused it. They don't believe that, they believe that you are the one that will decide what your destiny, if you make a choice, whatever choice you make, you either suffer for it or you, you, you benefit from it. They believe in the uh, absolute, absoluteness of free will. Human choice. While the others, called the essence, believe that everything is God. That the reason why I'm standing here is because God made me to stand here. The reason why I'm holding the microphone with my left hand is because God made me to hold it with my left hand. The reason why I ate beans this morning is because God made me to eat beans this morning. They believe everything that happens, happens because God allowed it and made it to happen. That group believe that. The Pharisees seem to be in the middle. They believe that, yeah, God has a hand in things. But man also has his place. Listen to me. All believers today stand on one of those three doctrines. Hallelujah. Are we together? And you will be amazed to know that some people think anything that happens to them, God was the one that made it happen to them. That was the issue about Job. Hallelujah. In the book of Job, Job assumed that everything that was happening to him, God was the one doing it to him. Because at that time, Job didn't know what you know now. Hallelujah. Job did not have 39 books of the Old Testament and 27 books of the New Testament. Job did not have Pastor T.B., Reverend Dunka, and the rest of them, amen, to teach him God's word. He had to depend on, on, on the stars and, and, and the elements. Are you understanding me? And the uh, visit of angels. Are you understanding me? And so there are people today living like Job. Amen. That assume that everything that happens to them is God. Even in Pidgin English, in Nigerian Pidgin English, the concepts, you know, language is influenced by convictions. Are you understanding me? Your language is always uh, a product of your convictions, your belief systems, your thinking. Say, ah, how, how is it now God do? <laughs> you know, we talk like that, then just say, now God do. <laughs> you know, even when God is not in favor, say, now God do. <laughs> you have a new girlfriend, now God do. <laughs> I, I, I heard that, I heard that, man, <laughs> you, 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 you forge the papers and things work, say, now God do. <laughs> yes, and, glory to God. Now, but what does the scripture say? What is the Bible stand, Old and New Testament, about sovereignty and human responsibility? Now, if you hear a language that says, 
except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom. He's already talking about, he didn't say God will make the man born again. Hallelujah. That means there's a role man has to play. Are you with me? Concerning his salvation. And there's a role that God has played. And God will play concerning his salvation. You have to be able to separate between those two roles. Let me give an instance. You are not the one that suggested to God that your sins should be forgiven. Is there anybody here that was in the council of sin, forgiveness of sin committee or something? You understand that? You are the ones that spoke to him and convinced him and said, look, we, you need to do something. Anybody here? You didn't talk to him about that. You are not the one that suggested to him that he should put his spirit within you. Amen. Am I communicating? I, I, I try to, maybe we're talking spiritual things. Let's talk normal, natural things. Natural, uh, spiritual is still normal, but let's talk natural things. How many of you, before you were born, you went to God and said, I want to be from Nigeria. I want to be born in the hearts of Inewi. None of you. <laughs> if we take a census, a good number would not have wanted to be born in Nigeria. But you didn't make that choice. That's God's sovereign act. Hallelujah. Are we together? It's God's sovereign act. He didn't consult you. Some of you don't even like the father and mother that gave birth to you. Why was my father not fair? Why was my mother not tall? Where well, you are here. You, God didn't consult you about what tribe you will belong to. What the color of your skin will be. Even the location of your birth. That's God's sovereign act. Hallelujah. You also didn't choose the day you were going to be born. Who gave you your birthday? Did you give yourself your birthday? That's God's sovereign act. Now, that doesn't mean that after that, now that you are in this world, everything that happens is God that is making it happen. Not necessarily so. Hallelujah. Go back to my scripture. In Ephesians 5.17 Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Well, first of all, you can have your own will different from God's will. And the scripture is clear about that. The scripture understands the difference. Let me just show you um, two verses. They're not within the scriptures I, I was supposed to be talking about, but I'll just mention them. Um, one is First John 5.14. The other will be John 15 verse 7. In First John, John 5.14, very, we use it to pray. Let's read together. I want to go. And this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Now, did, did you see what he said there? 
His will. Whose will? God's will. According to His will. You know, there are some scriptures that are a bit confusing to people or sometimes could be controversial. This scripture can be explained two different ways. Amen? Say, according to His will. What does that mean? That's teaching for another day and that's not why I came here. But His will. So that means that you are acting according to His will. Okay, let me just mention the controversy so you understand it. The controversy in this scripture where some people are confused and I'm, not, I'm just mentioning it, okay? Is that some will say, Oh! What you must ask for has to be what God already wanted. His will. One school of thought. The second group said, No, 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 no. It's not what God wants. What he's talking about is how you are asking. How you are asking must be in line with his will. Assignments. Find out which one it is. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Alright, so, but what I came here was to just show you that there's something about his will. Then in John 15, verse 7, Jesus was speaking. And then he didn't talk about his own will. He talked about your will. Read with me, John 15, verse 7. Want to go? If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Give it to me in New King James Version, because I want the ye, all the ye's out. Amen. Thank you. Let's read together. I want to go. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Now, it means that your will is your desire. Is that not so? Just as God's will is God's desire. Is that so? Now, this scripture is saying, hey, you can ask what you will. But there is a condition. I said there is a condition. He said, you can ask what you will if first you abide in him. You say, I'm born again, so I abide in him. But he now says, and my words, my rhema, that was the rhema that was used there, not logos. My rhema abides in you. That means that the reason why you can ask what you will is because what you will has aligned with what he wills. Amen. Am I communicating? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You shall ask what you desire, what you will. Why? Because you've heard his word. You have received his word. And when you received it, you aligned with it. Now what you are asking is based on what you had heard. Amen. Am I communicating? Now I went around here just to establish that there's a difference between your will and the Father's will. In 1 Peter chapter 4, I'll read verse 1 and 2, my focus is verse 2. The scripture talks about the difference between the lust of men and the will of God. Meaning it's not the same thing. Okay, so look at this. For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that hath suffered in the flesh 
had ceased from sin. Now verse 2 is my focus. Read it now. Let's read together. I want to go. That he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh. To the what? To the lust of men. But what? To the will of God. Hallelujah. That means that if you are living to the lust of men, you are not going to be fulfilling the will of God. Amen. So Jesus, the scripture said that, that he should no longer live the rest of his time in this flesh. To the lust of men, the desire. Lust is a desire. It's just that it's a, it's a desire that is evil. Amen. But to the will of God. That means there's a difference between the desires of men and the will of God. Did you get that? Now, that's the reason why Romans 12, verse 1 and 2, was put that way. Paul was speaking from the 11th chapter of Romans. And he had said many things that if you are not very conversant with scripture, you will get confused. You know, he had talked about God. So Romans 11 was talking about the sovereignty of God. Are you understanding me? The sovereignty of God. Um, I think he ends it by saying, for of him and by him and through him are all things to the glory of God. That's how 11 ends. Then chapter 12 now says, but I beseech you. Now he's talking to you, your own responsibility. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies. What? A living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, hmm. but be ye what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, the first time, you know, um, I ever came across this scripture in the light that I'm even sharing was uh, in E. Hagen's materials, you know, and it really be, it was a great blessing to me. And um, from Romans 12, 2, he was talking about the three phases of God's will. And um, he, he, he was also introducing some other translations. And this scripture is really, really important. First of all, that there's a connection between renewing your mind and walking in the will of God. Amen. Let me tell you, neighbor, there's a connection between renewing your mind and walking in the will of God. What we're saying is that an unrenewed mind will have challenges or difficulties walking in the will of God. Where people have struggles with the will of God is because their mind has not been renewed. That means that their mind is still the way it was or is not different from the mind of an unbeliever. They've not changed their thinking. That means your thinking can affect how you yield yourself to God's will for your life. Hallelujah. And that's what Paul was saying. In essence, Paul was saying that your body and your mind, because start with your body, I beseech you therefore present your body. Your body and your mind can limit you in walking in the fullness of God's plan for your life. Jesus said, he said the flesh is weak. He said, but the spirit is willing. 
And that means that it could happen that the weakness of the flesh could limit the willingness of your spirit to do the things of God. So, Paul gave us that relationship in Romans 12, 1 and 2. Then he said, be not conformed to this world. The conformity here is to pattern yourself. That's what conformity means. To pattern yourself. That's you copy. You fashion something after something. You model something after something. You Beyonce something. Are you understanding me? <laughs> you understand that? He said, be not conformed. That's you're trying to pattern it. After a particular kind. He said, if that's what's happening to you, there's a, there's, a, there's a pattern the world runs with. It will hinder you from walking in the fullness of God's plan for your life. Be not conformed to this world. What's the cure for conformity? Renewing the mind. Amen. The cure for conforming. For conformity. Because what he's saying is that naturally what's happening around us is that the world is always trying to get us to conform. There's pressure. Social media. Everywhere. There's pressure. The world's trying to get you to conform. He said, but be transformed. Hallelujah. Be transformed. Be metamorphosed. And then he tells you how. By constantly renewing your mind. Amen. Changing your thinking. You go out there, a thought will come to you. When you're on your own, you delete the wrong thought. Amen. You go out there, you will see something, you'll be exposed to something. It's contrary. It is contrary to the thoughts of God concerning you. So you're renewing your thinking. Amen. Because it will enable you to walk in the fullness of God's plan. Now, in that Romans 12 too, I want to stay there a little. It says... Be ye transformed by renewing of your mind that you may prove. Amen. That you may prove. That you may prove. Now, what he meant that was that the way for you to be able to test and know, to try out, to examine what is the perfect will of God is by renewing your mind. That means if your mind is not renewed, it won't be able to tell. Let me give an instance. Um, somebody can be running temperature, you know, has a fever. And then another person says, let me check. And he touch, put the hand this way and say, it's like your body's hot. It's not very hot, it's slightly hot. <laughs> you know how people talk. Another person will come. Maybe he has been in, um, uh, in a hot place. He comes and places his hand on the same place and says, no, 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 it's okay, it's normal. Why? Because by feeling... You can't really tell what's going on. So they have a thermometer. Amen. And then, when, if they bring the thermometer, they can tell the exact body temperature. At least, almost exact. They say, oh, no, no, this is 39 degrees Celsius. No, 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 no. Almost 40. This guy is running. You know, something's going to happen soon. This is not normal body temperature. How were they able to tell the exact temperature? They use the thermometer. Amen. The scripture is saying that when your mind is renewed, it will function like a thermometer. Amen. To know that this one is not the will of God. This one is like it, but it's not it. This is the exact will of God. Amen. That you may be able to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. If not, everything that is good, you will think is God. Everything good is not necessarily God. Amen. 
No, everything good is not necessarily God. So, in Romans 12, 2, we saw him talk about the good will of God. The acceptable will of God. The perfect will of God. What he was saying was that there are certain things that might be good. You know, God is not against it. But there is a perfect will of God. Let me tell you, anybody say there is a perfect will of God. And that's what I want to understand. Amen. Glory to God. There is a perfect will of God. There is a perfect will of God. How many of you want to function in that perfect will? Amen. Glory to God. Now, the first thing to understand is this. It is not impossible. Glory to God. It is very, very possible. Let me tell three people it's very possible. Amen. Glory to God. Reverend Dunka, you're welcome. He came at the perfect time. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. So there's a perfect will. There's a perfect will of God. What it means is that not just what God, you know, it's talking about what God intended happening exactly how he wanted it to happen. Ken E. Hagin was speaking and he taught, he wrote a book, Plans, Purposes and Pursuits. Blessed, a great book, great book. And um, the summary of what he was saying was that some people get God's plan. They know that what God wants to do is that he wants to clean this place. That's the plan. What's the plan? Clean this place. What's the purpose for that plan? Hallelujah. Why does God want to clean the place? Oh, let's assume he wants to clean the place because someone is coming. A visitor is coming. Let's assume that's the purpose. Someone is coming. That's why he's cleaning the place. That's God's purpose. He said, if you have God's plan, then you must also have his purpose. Why? Hallelujah. The last one is the pursuit. He now says, okay, how am I going to clean the place? Praise God. Should I clean it alone? Should I clean it with everybody? That a lot of times, he used the language, believers have muddied the waters. Because they have gotten the plan, the purpose, but pursued it in the wrong way. Amen. My prayer for you this morning is that you will get God's plan. And you will get his purpose. And you pursue it his way. In the name of Jesus Christ. So that's what we're talking about. Now the concept or the idea of perfect will, it runs through the New Testament. Hallelujah. About the perfect will of God. It runs through the Testament. Now, you see Paul praying a prayer. Colossians 4.12. He said, Epaphras, who is one of you? Labor fervently for you, that you may stand perfect and complete. Then he says, in all the will of God. That means it's possible for you to stand in some of the will of God. Hallelujah. Oh, you got this part, you didn't get this part. That means that for us, to walk in the perfect will of God, we need to pray also. Amen. Epaphras labored fervently for the Colossian church that they would stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. That was what was, he was praying them. Now, what will the prayer achieve? It's important to connect that. Why is he praying for them? Now listen, when it comes to fulfilling God's will for your life, there is a human path. Hallelujah. There's a human path. There's a human path. Permit me to just enter something I didn't think I would talk about now. Listen, when 
you hear will of God. Sometimes people get confused. Because someone asked me a question once said, if someone has given you a word of prophecy, must you do anything about it? Why, if the prophecy has come out, <laughs> you must do something about it. Amen. I say you must do something about it. <laughs> what did Paul tell, Paul tell Timothy? <laughs> that you will wage a good warfare with the prophecy which went before on thee. Amen. The prophecy is your weapon. Amen. You will use it. And words will come in this meeting. Amen. Amen. And you will take those words and run with them. Glory to God. Now, concerning the will of God, um, you need to understand something. There is a language that was used in the Bible. It talks about the predeterminate counsel of God. There are things that, when we talk about the will of God, that has nothing to do with human intervention. For example, Jesus is coming again. Whether you like it or not, he's coming. Amen. Are you listening to me? All right. That means that God already has a predetermined outcome, no matter what. This world will end. Whether you intercede, (laughs) amen, (laughs) against it or not, the world will end. Amen. It is different from God's desire for man. Let me explain what I mean. Um, In the Bible, in the King James Version especially, it used the word will for all of what I'm saying. For one, it talked about will based on God's intention. And the other one was will based on God's predetermined outcome. Hallelujah. In some other translations, they don't use will and will. They say will and plan. But I will use the Greek so that you appreciate it better. In the Greek, the general word for will is telema. Telema means someone's intention, someone's desire. Alright? General will. But when the word bolema is used, it's not talking about, it's talking about something that no human intervention is required. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? And you have to be able to differentiate between both. In the book of Romans, those two words were used. In Romans 2, I don't know if I should get there. Alright, let's just go there. Um, Romans 2. Let me read 14 and 15. Then we'll go to Galatians and Romans 9. Praise the Lord. Okay, Romans 2. Let me read 17 and 18. Not 15. 17 and 18. After I'll read the same Romans 9, 17 to 19. Now, follow me here. Behold, thou art called a Jew, and rested in the law, and maketh thy boast of God. He's talking to Jews. And, let's read that together. And knowest his will. This will is talking about his telema. God's intention. That requires your cooperation. Amen. You know his will. And approves the things that are more excellent, being instructed out of the law. That means how you got to know this will was that you were instructed from the law. So you can read the Bible and know God's will for man to be saved. Are you understanding me? How many of you know it's God's will for all of mankind to be saved? Not for some people. For all of mankind to be saved. Jesus died for all. Is that not so? Jews and Gentiles alike. Now, it is God's will for all of mankind to be saved. But will all of mankind be saved? Amen. Why? Because man has his own will. 
Praise God. He can choose to receive salvation or reject salvation. So in Romans 2 here, it was talking about telema will. The will of God that is subject to human intervention. That means it will happen if the man does like this. Amen. It might not happen if the man doesn't cooperate with it. There are cities and nations God wanted people to go to and preach to. And maybe they didn't go the first year. Maybe they didn't go the second year. Finally, they went. Amen. You've read all those kind of things. Jonah had a situation like that. Amen. In Nineveh. So let's go to the next one. Okay, I've established something here. That this will of God, you can know just by reading the word. You know that, ah, this is what God wants. God wants me to be healed. Good, good one. How many of you know that God wants you well? Amen. But some of you, even as you're here now, you're not well. Amen. Are you listening to me? How many of you know that God wants you to prosper? Amen. Are you getting the picture here? This is his will. Telema, his will. That requires your cooperation. Human responsibility is involved. Romans 9. In Romans the 9th chapter, I read... That was talking about Pharaoh and uh, children of Israel and Moses. Uh, let's look at 17 to 19. I just want to bring out where the word bolema was used, okay? And instructively, it, actually, it was actually used just two major times. But it's the language used two major times in the New Testament. So, this is one of it now. We're reading 17 to 19. Verse 19 is where I want to anchor. For the scripture saith unto Pharaoh. Listen now. You will see the sovereignty of God in this. The scripture said unto Pharaoh, Even for this same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Next verse. Therefore had he mercy on whom he will have mercy, and whom he will, he, will, he had next. Verse 19. Thou will say then unto me, Why does he yet find fault? For who? Let's read that last part together. For who had resisted his will? That will there is not telema, is bolema. That means that bolema is the irresistible, unchangeable will of God. Hallelujah. God chose Pharaoh to show his power. <laughs> Amen. If you read the context of scripture, the Bible says that it was God that made Pharaoh to harden his heart. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that God will show his power. <laughs> Glory to God. That means you cannot pray against that one. Amen. God had decided that in this matter, I want to show my power. Let's enter somewhere. Now, you know, most of the time you read about the story of Jacob and Esau. You know, some of you, you still are not happy with Jacob till now. Amen. <laughs> you are still not happy with Jacob. No, I don't like that kind of thing. Someone said, I don't like cheating in my life. <laughs> But when you understand spiritual things, you will see things a little differently. What Jacob did, let me explain something to you. And when you read scriptures, understand this. Jacob did not receive the birthright the way God would have had him receive it. But it was God's plan for him to receive the birthright. Are you hearing me? He didn't have to do what he did. Prophecy had already been given before they were born. Are you listening to me? That the younger or the elder will serve the younger. It's, that means in God's place, 
determined outcome of that, those twins, Jacob will be the boss. Amen. Are you listening to me? Now, I've heard different teachings on that. Some say it was because Isaac didn't do the right thing. Isaac already knew the prophecy, but he was looking for a way to still give it to Esau. So the mother was ensuring that the word that they had spoken, that they all knew, will come to pass. And they conspired. If you were there, that thing was not a Christian thing to do. Amen? Are you understanding me? It was not a Christian thing to do. My sister, shh, shh, we will deceive your father today. You can imagine believers praying in tongues to deceive somebody. But you know, Jacob didn't understand better. Perhaps his mother didn't understand better. Their thought was, hey, this thing must happen. And there are a lot of believers that are like that. The word of God has been given, but they use human means to achieve God's divine purpose. Amen. Jacob, it was already prophesied. You are going to be the head. The blessing was going to come upon him. You say, okay, if they didn't do like that, how else would they have come? You leave it for God. Amen. <laughs> the inheritance was going to Jacob. That choice was made by God. Are you listening to me? It was made by God. If you, the strong language that was even used. He said, Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. He, before they were born. <laughs> but you know what he said to us in Christ? He said, we, we are vessels of mercy. Hallelujah. Are we together? That means, the same way God chose Jacob, before Jacob did anything, is how he chose us. Amen. Are you listening to me? That's the New Testament. When he says, you are a chosen generation, what do you think he's talking about? A royal priesthood. That's what he's talking about. That he decided the outcome for these people is that this is how they'll be part of the kingdom. Amen. So there's such a thing as the perfect will of God. I'm still making progress. I have some minutes. Glory to God. But don't be confused. Now, you know, um, I, I, I earlier mentioned sovereignty of God and human responsibility. God did not give over his sovereignty to man. He gave man authority. He retains his sovereignty. Amen. Did you hear what I said? Yeah. He retains his sovereignty. God never gave man sovereignty. He gave him authority. That means the authority still has limits. Amen. And man's authority is subject to God's sovereignty. Say that with me. Say man's authority is subject to God's sovereignty. Praise God. So, as Christians, believers in Christ, when we start talking about the will of God, we're not trying to make someone um, afraid, start walking in fear. No, 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 no. Just as Paul said in Ephesians 5.17, Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Understanding what the will of the Lord is. The understanding there is not just, you know, we read the scripture in Romans 2 where he said, that, they, that you know his will. I was talking to the Jews, you know his will. That means you have the information about God's intention for you. But in Ephesians 5, he's not talking about having information. Understanding there was tsunami, or tsunami, whatever word in, in Greek. That actually means to comprehend. Amen. You put it together. 
you see how your, your role in God's sovereign plan is. Amen. Are you listening to me? That's what, what it means to understand the will of the Lord. You now see your role. What I call that little role in the big plan. Amen. Look at your neighbor say, my small role in the big plan. Glory to God. It's your role. You find your place in God's big plan. It was in Acts 13 verse 36. The Bible talked about David. He said, David, after he has saved his own generation by the will of God, slept. Amen. And my prayer is that you will serve your own generation by the will of God. Yeah. Read it with me. Want to go? For David, after he had saved his own generation, by what? By the will of God, fell on asleep and was laid unto his fathers and saw corruption. Amen. So David served his generation. You are serving your own generation now. But he said he served his generation by the will of God. Not by his own will. That means it's what God wanted him to do that he did. The will of God doesn't fall on your lap. Amen. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. If the will of God will just happen, there will be no need to pray. But if you read Colossians 1.9, it says that you might be filled. Amen. With the spirit, with, with the knowledge of his will. Amen. With the knowledge of his will. In all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That you might be filled. Hallelujah. With the knowledge. The exact knowledge. The epignosis of his will. So you will pray that prayer. Amen. And you will be praying that prayer for yourself. Are you with me? To be filled with the knowledge of his will. In all wisdom and spiritual understanding. You see understanding again, spiritual understanding. Just as Paul was saying, wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. First of all, help me tell two people, the will of the Lord could be understood. Amen. You can understand it. I can understand it. Amen. Yes. I have the capacity to understand the will of God for myself. For my life. And that's why we pray. I think in Proverbs, the Bible says, the steps of a good man, they are ordered by the Lord. That's talking about someone walking in God's will. Amen. Walking in God's plan. Walking in God's plan. It's not good enough that you just know what the plan is. Line up with it. Amen. Listen, you cannot enjoy maximum living. Amen. Without walking in the fullness of God's plan for you. You will not know that plan if you don't ask. Amen. If you don't seek, you won't find that plan. If you don't knock, it won't be open to you. You don't just assume that it will happen one day. No. You will pray. And your spirit will pick it. Listen. The will of God is not a difficult thing. No, it's not. But it requires attention. Amen. To require your attention. And we don't walk by assumptions. We are sure. Sure. Paul believed so much in the will of God. And you see in most of his writings, he starts by saying, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God. Amen. Maybe I'll show you a couple of them, right? 1 Corinthians 1.1. 1, 1. Let's read together. I want to go. Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ 
through the will of God and sustains our brother. Through what? The will of God. Second Corinthians. The second letter he wrote to the Corinthian church. Chapter 1, verse 1. Let's read together again. One to go. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timothy our brother unto the church of God which is at Corinth with all the saints which are in all Achaia. Did you see that? Why was this so important to Paul? You are looking at me and I say, show you another one. See your head. <laughs> okay, take this one. Colossians 1 verse 1. Amen. And maybe we'll do Ephesians 1 1. Read with me. One to go. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timotheus, our brother. Ha. That means there's something about the Old Testament, the, sorry, the early saints understood about this will of God. Amen. Next, um, the last one. Want to go? Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God. To the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. I pray that you'll be able to write letters like that. Amen. 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 <laughs> Glory to God. By the will of God. He's not guessing. Now, we talked about praying. We talked about Colossians 4, 12. And talked about, uh, uh, sorry, uh, uh, Colossians 4, 12 and Colossians 1, 9. In Colossians 4, 12, apart from who is one of you, Laboreth fervently for you in prayers that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Why is he praying for them? It is when he prays for them that Philippians 2.13 will be fulfilled. If, if you are not praying that prayer of Colossians 4.12, you will not experience Philippians 2.13. i say that again. If you are not praying Colossians 4.12, you will not experience Philippians 2.13. Let's read Philippians 2.13. Amen. Want to go? For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Amen. It means that what makes you align yourself, yield to what God wants you to do, is God that works in you. Amen. So as you pray for yourself, and, and whoever is praying for you, as prayer has been, uh, there's a supply of the Spirit, you are strengthened, amen, from within. So God works in me, both to will. There are two things there, it's not the same thing. To will means to intend, to do means to act. So, you're not just intending to do, eh, oh, this year in my life, I will be a swan winner, you intend. Then after six months, say, have you won this so you know, you know, schedule these days. You understand that? No, no, no. You will not only intend, you will act on it. There are many people that are in between that gap. Intending, but never doing. Are you with me? And the truth is this. The will of God is not something you think of. It's something you do. Everybody say, it's something you do. You do it. The will of God has to be done. It has to be done. Hebrews 10.36 In Hebrews 10.36 let's, let's see this together. Want to go? For you have need of patience that after ye have what? Done the will of God. That means the will of God is done. You might receive the promise. Glory to God. So the will of God should be done. 
Not just intend to do it. Do it. Praise God. And then he says that you shall receive the promise. He didn't say a promise, so there is a definite promise. Amen. I tell people, listen to me. You cannot talk inheritance without understanding the will of God. Amen. You can't talk inheritance. Inheritance is not prosperity message. It's more than that. Prosperity is a part of it. Amen. So, you can't say, oh, yes, I'm entering into my inheritance. It simply means I'm going to walk in the fullness of God's plan for me. And you are no more standing at that place where eh, we're just doing everything uh, is good, so we're doing it. It's, uh, it's okay, that's why we're doing it. No, there's something exact thing that God wants you to do. And there's an exact way God wants you to do it. Amen. And I found out that those that bother to ask, amen, they get answers. I was sharing with you still along the lines when we're talking about the will of God and, and so on and so forth. And we talked about what happened to Balaam in Numbers 22. How that God already met him and said, some men are coming. When they come, don't go with them. Did you get that instruction? Don't go with them. Maybe I should read the scriptures. Numbers 22. Read 12. And let's read together. I want to go. And God said unto Balaam, Thou shalt not go with them. Thou shalt not curse the people, for they are blessed. That means, was God, did God not mean what he was saying? He meant what he was saying. Don't go with them. And there's some of you, God has said, don't go with them. Yes, sir. Then they started putting pressure on Balaam. He got an alert. Amen. <laughs> the type that will shake his phone. Amen. And he started considering to convince God. Amen. <laughs> and there are a lot of believers that do that. Amen. Verse 19. Let's see what happened. Now therefore I pray you. Tarry ye also. A lot has happened between 12 and 19. I'm just telling you what he now said to them. Tarry you also here this night, that I may know what the Lord will say unto me more. When God already said, oh, Amen. Are we together? That means I'm going to still talk to God about this matter. So he went to negotiate with God. Read verse 20. Let's read together. I want to go. And God came unto Balaam at night and said unto him, If the men come to call thee, rise up. And what? Go with them. But yet, the word which I shall say unto thee, thou, that, that, that shalt thou do. Did you get that? God told him not to go before. He went to convince. And God said, okay, go. That's God accepted for him to go. That's not the best place to be. That's what Romans 12 was talking about, the acceptable will. Accepted. Okay. God didn't want him to go. What's okay, go. Then he started going. To prove to you that all the things didn't align to his going. Even the angel was still standing, resisting him, even when God had told him to go. Amen. <laughs> Are we together? 
Maybe the angel had not gotten the second instruction. Amen. <laughs> he was still standing with the first instruction. Don't go anywhere. Now, this is a classic story of how God's original plan, man, walked contrary to it. And a lot of times, it happens to us as believers. You read about the children of Israel, the same thing happened. God never wanted them to have any king. I hope you know that. He said it's a king, it will be a kingdom of priests. He didn't want the, them to have kings. But the people said, we want to be like other nations. God said, okay, give them a king. He told Samuel, give them a king. It was his acceptable will. Within the confines of his acceptable will, he still tried to give them the best king. But he didn't want them to be like other nations. He even warned them. He said, hey, hey, if you become like other nations, you know what kings are doing to those nations? They are paying tax. <laughs> Amen. They are paying tax. Ha. All the things that are going on with those nations happen. He said, no problem. Give us the king. Okay, give them a king. He even had to console Samuel. He said, it's not you they've rejected. It's me they've rejected. Amen. That was the acceptable will. My prayer that in this convention, your will will be aligned Amen. to that perfect will of God. That as speaker after speaker comes to bless us and reach out to us, that alignment will take place within your spirits. Amen. For some of you, for the first time, you will know. He will show you great and mighty things which you did not know. Amen. Amen. You will call on him. He will answer you and show you great and mighty things you didn't know. Your eyes will open. Suddenly you will see. You will know exactly your role in God's big plan. Amen. That's what it means to walk with vision. Vision is not that you sat down and thought of what you will do. Vision is that you are seeing what God has said. You are seeing what God has shown. Amen. That's vision. You will walk out of this meeting and your heart will be burning. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You will walk out of this convention. And you will know that you know that you know that you are standing right on the spot where God wants you to be. I first heard that from Captain Coleman. She was standing. She said, I'm standing right at the spot where God will have me be. You will talk like that after Faith to Faith Convention 2018. He said, I'm standing right at the spot God wants me to be. Lift your hands everywhere and bless his name. Magnify him. Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faith2faithonline.org.